Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss OSHA, EPA, safety policy, safety training, employee engagement, and everything in between. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It's a motivational need. It's a means of engaging your team. Safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone in the organization. Hi, I'm your host for the podcast, Dr. Mark French, also known as The Safety Dude. As a certified safety professional and nationally registered EMT, I am excited to share my knowledge and passion from experience in environmental health, safety, security, and human resources. I've worked in the automotive, foods, chemical, nuclear, and e-commerce fields. I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode as we talk through the current issues in environmental health and safety and how they can affect the culture of your organization. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Happy New Year! Uh, Welcome back. Uh, Glad you're joining me for this episode. I know I took a few weeks off during the holidays, just something I felt like I wanted to do from the podcast. So I took some time off. Sure, everyone was busy anyway, so uh, hopefully didn't miss me too much. (laughs) So anyway, back in the new year, I'm going to continue on with our discussions on how we use health and safety as leadership techniques. What's going on in the world of health and safety? How are things changing? And I think things are going to be changing a lot. As we come into the new year, uh, certainly the president-elect coming in has made promises of some different reforms and some different policies. So I think we'll we'll definitely see some changes in uh, what we do in health and safety, because certainly usually we see some emphasis in OSHA and EPA during those administrations. So not to get into anything political. That's not my goal. Don't want to start a huge debate on politics. Uh, We're here to talk about leadership. We're here to talk about health and safety, but I think we'll definitely see some changes, some different emphasis. And of course, I think it's going to revolve early on around COVID and how we police that, how we policy it, how um, we'll benchmark it. I know California has released some some new laws uh, recently at the end of the year, early this year, that has made some changes to how they're dealing with uh, COVID. And I found one of the most interesting articles. Uh, I always use the word interesting, but this one really shocked me a little bit about where things are going with it. And this was at the end of the year. It was like late November, early December. I came across this article out of Oregon, and it was an OSHA official, so just an inspection Um There was a gym that continued to stay open and not following policies of the state um, for whatever reason. Now, again, not to debate any of the, do we have the right to stay open? Do we have the, any of that stuff? Uh, That's a very, very sensitive subject, a very complex subject. Uh, Certainly for small business owners, this has been an exceptionally difficult time. But this OSHA official comes in and uh, closes this gym. And so that the next that during that week or the weekend, the the members of the gym organize a protest, and they go stand out in front of the OSHA inspector's house and protest for like two hours. Uh, nothing violent, nothing um, nothing illegal. They have the right to be on a public 
location, but in front of this uh, inspector's house protesting that he closed their gym. They weren't happy about it. And certainly that's understandable. Nobody likes having a business shut down by no means. But why? Uh, That one got me because you know that most of the time they're just doing their job. So this OSHA official was asked to go in there and investigate and do his job. He did it. I mean, he needs to feed his family too. And I think this is one of the tricky things about being a safety person is that early in my career, and I know this isn't 100% true, but it's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke that when you go into the safety world, when you become a safety professional, be prepared to not be liked by anybody because you're doing things that most people are not going to appreciate on either side. So if you're talking to an employee and you're working with them, you're either the the police or the bad guy that's telling them that they need to wear their PPE or they're reporting them to, to the supervisor for not doing something right. Or on the flip side, when they want something done and you might have to say no because it's not in the policy, it's not really a safety issue, it's not really, um, then they get mad that maybe you're not doing enough to protect their perception of safety. And then when you go to the company and you say, hey, we need a new policy in place to to help protect our team, a lot of times you're going to get some resistance here or there, or you're going to get comments, or you're going to get um, kind of your... uh, your back alley lawyer who's like, well, I never had to do that before. Why do I need to do it now? And uh, you just don't win there either. Or you're not doing enough to keep people from getting hurt. Or you're you're never going to be on the winning side because you have two customers. You have to maintain that legal compliance with the company. You also have to protect your team. And sometimes it always looks like you're conflicting with one or the other. And I remember in my career there was a time where the women's bathroom had a couch in it for people to go lie down. And so they removed the couch one day, and it was it was not a very pleasant couch. This had been well used, so it was yeah, needed to go. And, oh, my goodness, it was such an angry mob in my office um, that it was unsafe and, and unhealthy to get rid of that. They needed that couch. And it was, they were all kinds of arguments for this couch. And I just, I couldn't support it. Uh, There was nothing that I could support saying that they needed this ratty couch in their bathroom. And so there was a lot of anger and frustration. And then there's times where I've went to the company and and said, hey, you're going to have to change a bottle. We're going to have to invest here. And it was just all over the, I remember eyewashes. We needed some eyewashes. And there was a vice president that came back to me and said, you know, when I get something in my eye, I just grab my water hose. Why can't we just install water hoses? And they can just wash their eyes out with that. Don't understand why we need this investment of this tepid system and flow rates. And I was like, well, there's a standard for it. He goes, yeah, but do we really have to follow that standard? And if it was your money, would you spend it? And I thought, oh my gosh. So it's hard to be a safety professional and see a lot of success sometimes. You just have to internally find your own successes. And that can be difficult. And it's a profession for something if you really enjoy. You love the challenge. You love the people. You love what you're doing. You love the analysis. But don't expect a lot of uh, praise and rewards for what you do. <laughs> you kind of have to find your own internal. So this one here really got me when I'm seeing this, this OSHA official is doing his job. And I'm sure he got 
there's no way that just single inspector probably got approval just internally to himself and said, I'm going to shut this place down. There was probably a lot of discussion. There was probably a lot of back history. There was probably a lot of uh, approvals through a management system to say, yes, we're going to go in and close this organization because of COVID concerns. And then for him to get the protest, for them to show up at his house and protest his work when he's just doing his job. And, and rather than following through with, I mean, I know I've hated to say this sometimes, but I've, I've in frustration or after explaining things multiple times to maybe people, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to follow that rule. You know what? Write your congressman, <laughs> write your senator. Then if you want the law changed, I'm not the guy that can change the law for you. I can help you find creative ways to get compliant. Absolutely. That's what I've done my entire career. But just to tell me, no, we're not going to do it. I mean, and this is one of those cases. They're out there protesting this poor guy's house. What they should be doing, go to City Hall. Go to your government. Protest there. That's where the issue is happening. Not at, not at this guy's house. Ah, so, so interesting. Things we do in the safety world. You know, more podcasts coming up in just a moment. TSD Amalgamated, your partner in safety consulting. Find them on the web at tsdamalgamated.com. With over 15 years of experience in various industries, setting up ISO, TS, and RC systems, the professional team at TSD Amalgamated is ready to help you take your safety program to that next level. TSD Amalgamated is skilled in technical and behavioral auditing, from training employees on OSHA compliance standards to helping your leadership team see how safety can help drive real organizational change. TSD Amalgamated is there to be your partner. Their process is not a fill-in-the-blank policy or training process. They want to know your team, your needs, and create processes that create total organizational ownership. TSD Amalgamated. Where do you want your safety programs to take you? www.tsdamalgamated.com Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm your host, taking you through some interesting things in health and safety. So I'm going to put on my nerd hat here and... Uh, Talk about something that caught my attention over the holidays. So, um, started, I hooked up a few TVs uh, over the, the holidays or had some time to actually watch some TV. Found a neat app um, called Pluto TV. You may have already seen it. I'm behind probably, but it shows a lot of like stations dedicated streaming service uh, to specific shows. And so, bear with me. I'm going to make a point at some point, uh, I promise. Um, but I found uh, a channel dedicated to one of my favorite shows ever, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I don't know if you remember that one or have seen it or caught it in reruns. Um, but basically, they're robots and a guy in space riffing on different movies. But one of the shorts they did was um, from back. It was a video from 1959. And it was called The Last Clear Chance. And it was made by the National Safety Council as part of their outreach for driving safety. 
And even though, I mean, certainly the cars are dated, the the dialogue, everything is shows it's 1959, and they're riffing on it because it is pretty, uh, <laughs> it's got its thing to it that's like, oh, man, that didn't age well. But the message, the message behind it, as I'm watching this and laughing at it at the same time, it's amazing that even before OSHA and even before a lot of real formal safety training, the message we were trying to deliver as safety people was exactly the same in 1959 as it is right now. And that's what blew my mind is that follow the rules of the road, pay attention. I know it's changed. I mean, we're no longer uh, in that video cruising around and fiddling with the radio or trying to wave at our friends or show off in our car, but we have phones now and we're watching those and distracted. But one of the items that the officer talks about when he's giving his speech about, I want you to drive safely, is that it's always a game of risk when you're behind the wheel. And just because you've done something a thousand times or a hundred times, maybe passing on a double yellow, maybe running a stop sign, speeding, uh, crossing a railroad track, which is really the focus of, of this video is crossing a railroad crossing without stopping and looking and, and waiting for the train to pass. But just doing those things, that it's risk. And they, they show a roulette wheel where they drop the ball in, they spin it, and it goes, you know, you, you may never hit your number. But one day, when you're taking that risk, you may hit your number. And it could be catastrophic. And in this case, it starts off with him at the funeral or the graveside service of some young people who were killed because of a railroad crossing. And that just, we're still preaching the fundamentals of the same message in safety before safety was really like legal, like as far as standardized in the form of OSHA or something like that. But the idea, the behavior we're trying to create, the ideas that we're trying to change in the safety world are fundamentally exactly the same now as they were back in 1959. And I'm sure before that, it's just this happened to be the video of 1959 that really just, I'm watching it and I'm thinking the, the base principles that we're talking about are exactly the same. So, and, and we go back to looking at, okay, so you've never maybe had an eye injury, but you still occasionally pop those safety glasses up on your head. Maybe you've just gotten lucky. And maybe the person next to you that sees you doing that Maybe they're not going to be that lucky. And it really is. It's it's this high, complex idea of calculating risk. And just because you have not been hurt or you have not seen the adverse effects does not mean they don't exist. And that is the greatest problem that we have to overcome in the safety world. Because we hear that statement so many more times that I've always done it this way. Or I've worked in this industry for 30 years and never seen someone hurt doing that. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It does exist. The risk does exist. And if there's an OSHA law, especially if there's an OSHA law, it, it in a gruesome sense, has been written in blood. Because we really don't get a lot of OSHA-like items put into the books until we've had a lot of fatalities because of it. It has to be a real risk before we see it legislated. And even then, it sometimes can be slow. Most of the time, it's going to be cited under general duty before we get to that point. Um, so that, that does make it very 
tough to enforce when other people maybe haven't seen it. And then you have those who have seen it and they're all for it. They're all in. They're fighting for it. They're going for it. And so we have both sides of that. And it was something that we deal with in talking to people and helping them understand that just because it hasn't happened, I don't want to see it happen to you. Please follow the policy. Please follow the, the, the ideas. Ergonomics especially, when you have tools for ergonomics, they can be perceived as slow. They can be perceived as cumbersome. Like, I don't want to do a team lift. I don't want to go get that tool. I'm strong. I can handle it. And yet the risk is there, especially with driving, too. I mean, we have a lot of truck drivers out on the roads. Thank goodness for them out there. But the, the risk is real, especially on the roads. So we, we do a lot of work there to prevent and follow DOT regs and, and items such. And so this video really hit me that, you know, it's all about getting back to basics. A lot of times, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I've seen this differently in my history, but it's always interesting when something major happens and there's always this quick reaction to we need to update our policy or we need to write a new policy. We need to take this safety policy from 10 pages to 25 because evidently, it's just not written well enough for our people to do it. And my argument has always been, and this is the lean argument, is that were we following the standard in the first place? Did that 10-page standard, did we, were they just not following it? And how do we get people back on board to following it? And a lot of times... I have seen during doing root cause analysis, doing various stages of investigations, that a lot of times we weren't following the base standard. We were missing it. And so it's not that we need a more complex standard. We need to figure out why we weren't motivated to follow it. What was inhibiting the culture from following our process? So what's inhibiting us from following the process. Why are we not looking where we're going? Why are we not following it? And that's really where it goes back to. And so that's where that opened my eyes is that it's all that roulette wheel. Why are we making that or choosing to take that risk? So I want to thank you for joining me this first podcast of 2021. Look forward to many more uh, as we continue on through this journey of talking about safety and talking about the items that we're going to work on and learn about. And until next time we talk, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the internet at www.thesafetydude.org or on Twitter at thesafetydude. As always, all opinions are my own and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. I always encourage you to learn more about safety regulations and examine the facts with your unique perspective. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast.